0: morning church grace and peace be with you Uh, we are coming to you this morning from a different location things look different it's because we're not at our church Uh, our church is currently having a moving project happening the shelter is being moved to a new location there's another video talking about that that you can check out but for now I want to thank our brother Herman Green for allowing us to have some space here at Abundant Life PDX uh, to have this time of reflection this morning. So that's where we are. We're going to take some time um, in prayer, some time in Scripture, and then have a brief benediction. Um, yeah, so uh, why don't we start in prayer mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll ask you to read Scripture. Right? Thanks. Yeah, let me pray. Holy One, we thank you for this opportunity to be gathered, in a sense, around this, this video. I pray that this time of reflection would be meaningful. I pray that the uh, words of our, mouth, our mouths and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing to you, our Rock and our Redeemer. Pray this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen. Amen. Where are we at now this week?
1: The scripture this week is, uh, oh man, it's a fun one. We're in Mark 12, verses 28 through 44. We're walking with Jesus toward the cross, and he has uh, certainly turned his face toward Jerusalem at this point. He's got some things to say. He has some things to say. So hear these words from the Gospel of Mark. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these. And then the scribe said to him, you are right teacher, you have truly said that he is one and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any question. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, by the Holy Spirit, declared the Lord, said to my God, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how can he also be his son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. And as he taught, he said, beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. And then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more in than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, everything she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to
0: God. So, what we've talked about doing is uh, having two different takes on this scripture, what what we're drawn to, what we draw out of this text. Um, I want to say this brief disclaimer. Uh, Much of this conversation actually came out of a conversation that we had with Ruthie Olson, who was scheduled to preach this text, she asked to meet with us and talk about it. And we had all kinds of thoughts, probably overwhelmed her with thoughts. Um, Now we're taking those thoughts, stealing them back, (laughs) and we're going to use them in this conversation. Sorry, Ruthie. Sorry, Ruthie, you got to go with another text. So (laughs) the first take, I'm going to get us started. Um, When I look at this scripture as a whole, and I think about what can we take from this? I'm seeing that Jesus has some some things to say about organized religion or religiosity. Mm. He has some criticism. Uh, And and it starts, you know, he's willing to engage with the scribes and willing to engage with the one who has the the clever question and even is willing to say to him, "You're, you're close to the kingdom, you get it. Yeah. Like you get it like this that individual
1: does you get not it. the group totally yeah.
0: uh, but then later on he says to all the people hey beware of these guys <laughs> these guys are walking around in these long robes and they want to be treated with all kinds of respect but as much as you may think that they're people of honor on the side mm-hmm. mm-mm. bad dudes so beware of them they like to pray long prayers right and they like to pontificate and he says beware beware of those people so there's a I, I sense there's a uh, a criticism there of part of the religious establishment um yeah. and then i think in the last piece there in verses 41 through 44 there's a really clear criticism of Religious establishment. And I want to be careful of equating. You you brought out this point in our conversation that we can't make a direct correlation between the temple and the church. The temple had a, a, a lot more happening. It was the center of economy. It was the social center. It was um, there was a lot more to it than what we think of when we think about churching in America, right? So I want to be careful about that. But I still think the criticism is there about that particular system, about the way they were doing things. And this is what I mean. So this poor widow comes and and everyone's going past the treasury and they're tossing in their loose chains. They're doing their part. Here's my part. I know that this is something we need to do. And they're throwing in... Sort of routine. Yeah, it's part of the routine. But they're they're putting in... Some are putting in all kinds of money, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of in a showy way. And then this... Poor woman comes, and she gives these the, the the widow's two mites. Right, that's how we know this story. Yep. And she gives these two coins, and Jesus says, "I assure." And I'm, I'm going to read from the CEB version. Yep. I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. All of them are getting their spare change, but she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. Yep. And a lot of people, I think, have read this and read it as Jesus praising this poor, you mm. take a look at this is what faithfulness looks yes. like. We can totally read it that way. That makes a fantastic sermon. You were going to talk about that in a little bit. However, I think I read this, I look at it, and I see Jesus criticizing the system yes. and saying, look, look at this. There's a problem here that this woman feels like she has to do this, has to give this amount. She sees all y'all rich folks toss in all this money and feels compelled out of uh, a shame, yeah, exactly, out of shame to give all that she has, every piece of it. Like she, Like if she doesn't, she's not really a part of this thing that you all have put yeah. together. Almost to say... You guys need to reconsider what you're doing here. Yeah. Because ask it's, the big question Yeah, if if this is costing this woman everything, that's a
1: problem. Because I mean, the piece that you're talking about, we know in the Greek, the word for her is patokoi, which means the poorest of the poor, right? Mm-hmm. Like the uh, a, a widow who's already at risk, reduced to begging, and here she is with these two coins yeah. and this is literally like it ties into the earlier piece around your whole heart your whole mind your whole spirit your whole self right um but the words that are used for her is she gave literally everything she had to live on and that's not like cool. that's not her whole self that's her that's her like that's a different thing right yeah yeah and, and it's, it's not voluntary
0: exactly um I, I think that's what Jesus is, is calling attention to, um, that yes, giving your all, giving sacrificially is important, but this, this is too much. Yeah. And So as I, as I was thinking about this, um, hmm. and in our, our previous conversation, uh, I've been thinking about where do we, in, in this time of doing church, being forced to do church differently, we can't gather together and be in the same right. space. We can't have the typical worship service that we're, we usually have. A lot of us, I was in a conversation with three of my pastor friends from seminary yesterday on Zoom, because that's what we're doing now. Everybody's having these Zoom conversations. And we were talking about, how are you doing church now, right? Right how are how are you imagining how are you gathering how what are you doing how are you using resources and i think that this this prompts me to to ask what is it going to look like when we get back together how are we as a community as a church um are we shaming people are we doing the kinds of things that jesus is part of our our system, our way of gathering, our oh. way of being—how are we doing the same thing? Where do we need to be self-examining as a community uh, and considering this thing that we always have done—is that still cool? If we come when we get back together as a as a whole church,
1: should we keep doing that? What what's really—I mean—the the core question is: What will we? Be able to discover in this time that's really important to us, yeah, and that really serves people and serves one another, and is actually what is what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we take that forward and not just use this time—eight weeks, however long it is—I keep thinking of it as eight weeks because I think my brain needs that in order sure. to imagine the future. But. Sure. Um, Let's, forty days and forty nights. Yeah, right? <laughs> sure. Let's say it's eight weeks. But um who do we want what do we want to have learned in this time about ourselves and our relationships and our relationship to God?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we look back, um, who will we have become? Like I want I want us to sort of future cast and say, what what could this be like next? Yeah. Um given this Crazy situation and these terrible times. How do we draw meaning and make meaning out of that that will feed the church for another two millennia? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I love the question you're asking because I think it is a, a challenge on our system, and that system could be small, it could be big. Right? right? I, yeah, I think. So I,
0: I look at this, and I remember we talked about this when we we had Ruthie with us. Um, we have a tendency. Let me correct that. I have a tendency to look and be like, yeah, those legal experts.
1: Shame, shame, shame. Tell you
0: what, those guys, man, long robes and they're talking and praying so long. (laughs) Never be (laughs) one of those, thankfully. But (laughs) I think that this is the opportunity for for us as religious leaders in a sense. I know that you challenged me with this when we had conversation to say, where are we? Being that, where are we being that? Yeah, how how are we reflecting? Are we reflecting these scribes? Yeah, and 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 I kind of extrapolated that to say, how are we as church doing that? Yeah, how are we as community, not just as individuals who happen to be religious leaders? Well, and we have, we believe in the priesthood of all believers, so all of us are ministers in a sense. Yeah. So, how are we? Being, How are we reflecting that individually? And then how are we doing that as a community? I think this is an opportunity for us to do some, some serious reflection on that and consider, because some things that we do, I think, are important and good. And I know that some of you miss uh, some of the things that we usually do when we gather. You've expressed to us via um, electronic communication, I miss singing, yeah. I, I miss communion. I miss these elements. These are not bad things. So I'm not saying let's completely deconstruct the no. church and, and throw everything out. But I think that we should always be examining the things we do and the things that we've set up. The, the, the ritual, um, the liturgy, the, the system, the organization. The habits. Yeah. And how do they reflect what we believe are kingdom values and our core values? Right. This is a time that we can...
1: And the answer may be, absolutely it does. Yeah. And yeah. the answer may be, actually in this time I discovered that this one piece mm-hmm. isn't where God is calling us to be yeah. or use our our resources, to use our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our yeah. bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think that there's only one way for us to really get at that because that's a pretty abstract question, right? Yeah. It's an important one, but it's pretty big. Okay, And for me, it's always about putting myself into the story and so I, I, you know, my curiosity and it. This I is was, a brilliant segue. Oh, thank you. It's really
0: good. You're moving to the second take so seamlessly. I just ruined that. You did. But I, I want to just Thanks point out the that the segue, fantastic. Please continue. All right, I'm sorry so to have interrupted you. What
1: I was saying <laughs> was um, in order to get into those big questions, because there's a lot of big stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I was saying earlier to you, I felt I've been in all these meetings where I feel like I'm in this granular thing and then I have to explode out and look at like the whole world and then I have to go back to just this moment and then the whole world again and this conversation feels like that a little bit for me like how do we go from here to here and for me it's about like living into the story and so when I was reading the story I was thinking like gosh I really want and I think a lot of us think of ourselves as being, I want to be seen as the woman with the two pennies. Mm -hmm. That feels very, um, noble, right? Yeah. Like how, how is that? And then halo emoji. Yeah. Halo emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And then the, the second piece is, um, Oh, but I really want to be the scribe that gets told that she's really close to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Like that's a, wow. That's, okay, what does that feel like to be that person? Mm-hmm. What I don't want to be... I know be, and I give. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And, but then there's the thing that, you know, in our earlier portion of this conversation we were doing where we're kind of like, there's us and there's them. There's the bad system and mm-hmm. the good system. Or there's, yeah. and and there's this dualism. And we don't want to be those, we don't want to be the scribes, the, but we want to mm-hmm. be that scribe, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I've been, I've been thinking as you've been talking and thinking this morning as we were prepping for this, like (sighs) most of us think we're one person in there or another, and we're wrong. Like we're just wrong. We, especially I've been, I was um, wondering about coronavirus testing this week. and like, would I be able to get tested? Am I important enough to be able to get testing for my family? You know what, in this story, the scribes could get tests for coronavirus. I bet part of their sh- like surety about themselves is I know the right people to be able. I'm the mm-hmm. Tom Hanks of this situation. Oh, I can uh, get I, that I, test.
0: <laughs> and- <laughs> I'm an MBA player. I can get the right. Test. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. like yeah.
1: and so we begin to see where the divisions in our society are, um, and how costly it is to be poor, and how um, in the middle zone for those of us who are on the edge financially right now or might be tipping over into poverty or having people in our lives who are truly in this woman's situation I, you know we think we're in one situation and then it shifts and we might be wrong and i just i'm i'm wondering about my own self-reflection about who i think i am in this time mm. and where those lines are and how fuzzy they can get and how important therefore it is for me to really be um connected and reaching out to people and not exploiting them and not supporting their explo- exploitation because in fact, I am them and they are me. And even if we are not the same, which we will, we should not say we are the same, um, we're connected and interconnected in ways that show me, and I think are showing all of us right now, how close to the edge we can be if mm-hmm. we're not together.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, um, and this woman is not, She's not supported by a community. She is a widow, mm-hmm. and she is the poorest of the poor. She's a beggar. She's untouchable, yeah. and she doesn't have those connections. And so um, I would—I know I brought up to you earlier this quote from Bonhoeffer that I've been really reflecting on about grace and about the cost of grace and what it means to be. I want to read it. So um, Bonhoeffer says, such grace is costly because it cause, calls us to follow and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life. And it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns and grace because it justifies. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. And the reason that I've been holding that that text, that piece of writing from Bonhoeffer, is that I've been thinking like, there are... There are things that are grace. They're just they're just free, liberated, available, um, and mm-hmm. there are, and but it's because of our relationship to Jesus that it's grace. That's what Bonhoeffer says. It's only grace because it's through Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the things that cost us, and um, that you know, that I think of the scribes putting in all of their money. And there's no grace in that because it doesn't draw them into relationship. It's, spare it's just spare change. Yeah. So this woman is expressing something that is so costly, but she's so impoverished that it, there's no grace in that because, I mean, she's just cap. She's just captive to it. And then these grace people, doesn't look like not being able to eat. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm I'm thinking about like how do we. How do we make sure that our actions, which are super uh, life-saving right now, like being distanced from one another is actually a way to save people's lives. Um, How do we take those actions that on a day-to-day basis seem really small and like uh, unimportant and and infuse them with this sense of costly grace? Like this is a thing, I'm going to give this, I'm going to sacrifice this, I'm going to reach out in this way um virtually not physically yeah. because it matters so much yeah. it matters and it changes things and what is that thing for me what can, what is the thing that i i don't want to risk i don't i don't want to um i don't want to give because i want to protect my family i need to hold this space and yeah. i need to take care of who's close to me how do we think about it becoming more costly and saying like actually it's more than that, like my people are bigger, my yeah. connections are, and that hurts, like that's gonna hurt a little bit to make those calls. Yeah, and that's,
0: that's why I think it's important to uh, remember that we have eight weeks, 40 days, 40 nights, right. however long right. it is, uh, because quite immediately, uh, that makes sense, it totally makes sense to say, um, Protect my people. Yep. My, like my, my close, the people I can touch. Because they're in my house. I know I can touch these people. They're this my circle. kids, my spouse, my partner, my, you know, whatever. Take care of this. This. But as the days and weeks go on, I think we have to be thinking about, okay, I, I know this is safe. We're doing everything that we can. We're being everything, we, we're doing everything that we've been told to do. But my people are not just these people. Yeah. And so, how do I connect and and give and continue to give um, in a way that will cost? Yeah. But in a
1: way that will be actual grace.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that
1: there is no such person in our city or in our community mm-hmm. um, who is ends up being like this woman right. with no connection and no resources mm-hmm. in a time when other people are getting what they need.
0: Yeah. Um. And may, may be giving these the last of what she has only because she wants to participate. Yep. I just wanna belong. This is a part of belonging. Yeah. Right? Um how do we make sure that people know they belong? Yeah. Uh, we can be that grace. And and in the end we we end up I think we end up receiving much grace. more. We end up re- because when we, we take that extra time, when we, I keep thinking about writing letters. Yeah. I remember, and, I, and I'm terrible at this, so I'm, I'll confess. It's how I'm, I
1: feel about phone calls. It's a yeah, huge cost to me to yeah. make phone calls. Yeah, I
0: know. Where's that cost? Right now. <laughs> but right, but you are so good. I, I remember early on in our, our um, relationship and our, our uh, work partnership, uh, every once in a while I'd get a card from you. You'd write a letter or write a card. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Um, oh, this is really meaningful. This is really special to me uh we We have time to do that, and we may need to do that yeah. and to go to that like that's just an example I've been thinking about because it's something that, that I, I know would cost me uh i can, I'll make a call or shoot a text or an email that's yeah. just a part of what I do, but taking the time to to write a letter, and I know Amy's probably gonna to watch this. Amy's always asking me to write her notes um. <laughs> I know, honey. I'm preaching to myself here. I get it. So, uh, but I I think that it's just an example of, of a way to um, to push ourselves a little bit over these yeah. next however long that that we have and to re-examine what what we do individually and and, and for whom, yeah, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like who for whom is that generosity? For what purpose? Yeah. Um you and I were Arguing about like allegiance like will we discover in this time who our real allegiances are to? and that's where it draws up for me the difference between this woman who gives literally her whole life Mm -hmm. and this calling at the beginning of the text about giving your whole life Mm -hmm. like all of it how do we turn this sense of scarcity and giving my whole life and feeling very much at risk and on the edge Into an opportunity to feel like we're offering all yeah and offering up everything so that we can be called into this community that functions under the commandments the greatest commandments to love God and to love neighbor and to function as a whole Society in a way where we're all caring for one another so that none falls through the cracks and nobody is more or less than anybody else in this time when clearly People are also. a friend of mine said to me the other day, she said, I was walking down the sidewalk and I realized that the thing in this time of distance that is connecting all of us and holding all of us is the earth beneath our feet. The thing that we all are touching at the same time right now is this creation. And I have been going back to that image over and over again in the last few days of like, yeah, God has us in some strange and mysterious way, even in the midst of not being able to touch and be community in the same way, like if we're just walking and on this earth, we are together. Yeah, Yeah, which
0: means, this is what just came into my head, it means we can't be hoarding toilet paper. No. We need to be considering how much toilet paper can we give away. yeah, strange analogy. If you have but it extra,
1: if you yeah. have all the beans, who needs the beans?
0: Right. Yeah. But who else is going to need that? Instead, and again, it makes sense. That's our, our instinct is to go protect the fam, Pre- protect mine right here. Yeah, Make it's sure a primal instinct. Yes. However, I think this there's a challenge here, that to, to costly giving, like you said. Yeah. To saying. And eventually we may get to the place where somebody's like, I, I'm serious, I don't have any TP, y'all. Who went to Costco? Who can help me out here? And and to give in that kind of it's a silly analogy, but I'm I'm you get what I'm trying to get at, no, right? But I
1: mean it's it's a real thing. Who how do we redistribute ourselves and our mm. care so that everyone has what they need? And so the questions I know you and I talked about ending with, I think we should end with them now, is where are the widows in the lives, in your life, in my life, in Andy's life? Mm-hmm. Where are the widows in our lives and how can we care for them? And the second question, and I think it is just as important, is where are the scribes in our community right now mm-hmm. and where do we need to confront them? And, and to
0: be able to look in the mirror yeah. and wonder. Like Am I where the scribes? Maybe it's right here. Yeah, and if Did you're the widow,
1: how do you ask for what you yeah. need and get what you yeah, need? Yeah, that's good. Um like cuz it goes in both directions. So, um we pray that these uh reflections are meaningful to you today. Um Andy and I as some of you probably know, are running at full tilt. We're trying to do all of the things that we're called to do, not by you all even, not only by you, um, of course that, but um, as, as part of our community, um, you know that he and I are both called upon in many ways to coordinate and facilitate and convene uh, tables where people can be cared for and where information can be shared. And right now that's happening a lot with both of us and so we would just ask um, not selfishly um, surely because we know we can ask you all to pray for us and we beg for that um, that you be praying for your pastors especially this week pray for all of the people who are leading faith communities uh, right now but especially for me and Andy as we try to balance all the things and um, care for everyone who needs it and also care for ourselves and our families and so uh, we want to talk to you. We want to hear from you. We want to be with you. And the only way that we'll be able to keep up energy for the work that is ahead is if we get to do that with you. So we beg for your prayers. And when um, when prayers fail or when you have other things you need to tell us, please give us a call and let us know what it is that you're thinking about and praying about. So um, thank you for that.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, let's... Uh, Why don't you, will you pray for us? Absolutely. And then let's sing. Because the actual feedback that we got about our singing last week was that it wasn't um, anything that we should be embarrassed or ashamed of, but people had very nice things to say. Thank you. Thank you for that.
1: Sing along at home. Some of you have been apparently singing along, and so we invite that.
0: So if you'll pray and then we'll...
1: I will pray. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, you, you do indeed have us. Uh, you are with us. Your spirit is alive in and around us. We pray for all of those who are suffering right now, who are facing down uh, an uncertain future, who are ill, who are unemployed, who do not know how they are going to get through the next days with their kids and their parents and separation and isolation from one another and yet in the midst you connect us and you heal us and you make things possible that we never imagined were possible before and so we give you thanks and praise and we ask you to bless this world with healing and reconciliation and peace and we ask you to make us the hands and feet of that of that powerful, powerful presence to incarnate yourself in us and through us. And we ask all of this in your name, in the name of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: So let's sing our, our song, Benediction. Um, we invite you to sing along where you are. And
1: Which one are we doing?
0: Let's do the Lord bless you and keep okay. you again. That seems to be meaningful right now.
1: The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious gracious gracious
0: to you The Lord lift up God's countenance up.